great. Today we're looking at uh, Philippians. We're continuing in our uh, study of the book of Philippians. And as we go through this letter that Paul, Pastor Paul wrote to his congregation in Philippi, we are uh, listening to the joy that is the undercurrent of uh, his experiences and their experiences and how we can find joy in our lives. I keep saying repeatedly, it is not the subject of Philippians, but you find a lot of teaching and, uh, and, uh, and uh, hints as to where joy is found. We find that when we, when we are getting to our potential, when we're moving in the right direction of our potential, we're becoming something, we feel like breaks are happening for us, open doors are happening for us, our work is giving us upward mobility. When we find ourselves with open doors and, and, and vast, the open road before us, we feel that sense of I'm getting there I'm getting to my potential I'm getting to a place where uh, where I'm, I'm becoming everything God wants me to be and you feel growth you feel fullness wholeness perfection in the sense of completeness that's when you're induced uh, with joy you're injected with joy conversely if you don't feel that you're going through a year or two years of no work no open doors, no new relationships, no new opportunities, and there's, you're, you're not becoming something new, you're not growing, you're not stretching, you find yourself lacking joy. Thereby we find uh, that even potential adds joy to our lives. It is, is a place where God gives us joy. But not just any potential and not just any joy. It's God's joy, and God's joy is released in God's potential. Have we made that clear? God's joy is released in God's potential. What he wants us to become, his plan, his fullness, his completeness. On that note, ask the question, how do we achieve our true potential? Everybody's talking about it. In corporate training, they're talking about it. In, in uh, lifestyles, and art of living, everyone's talking about actualization and realization and bloating and all of that. Getting to everywhere, getting to where you should be, being your best self, your best life, all of that. You'll hear that language all over the place. But the only place you really see not only the fact, that principle, but also the how to get there, the how to, the principle, the work, and how it's going to happen, and the guarantee that it will happen, is in the Bible. See, it says in uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 48, it says, be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Now whenever we read that verse, we often, when so you think God, you think holiness. You think God, you think holiness. You think blamelessness. You think um, uh, no sin, no wrong. You think morality. But it's not just that. This word perfect has to do with completeness, wholeness. And God is complete. In his joy, in his potential, in his, in his work, in his output, in his success, he's complete. There are no divisions to him. He, he, is, he is at his fullest. He is whole, W-H-O-L-E. And then, he, then the, 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 uh, Paul talks about in Ephesians, for instance, he says that we should be filled to the fullness of God, that we should grow, that, that you in your inner man would so experience the knowledge of God that you will grow up into him and you will be complete and full like him. We're talking about that potential. Being everything God wants you to be by allowing his life to fill you so fully, there's very little left of yours and mine. And that should sound familiar because we're still on the same theme as the previous chapter. 
the previous passage, which was all about Jesus and emptying himself and his obedience unto death. Do you remember that? Okay, if you were not here last Sunday, we will not hold you accountable for that. But if you were here last Sunday, Jesus emptying and obedient. Those two words are primary, empty and obedient. So we come into the next passage of scripture where we're talking about you and your behavior and you becoming everything God wants you to be. So with Jesus, Jesus became nothing unto the point of death. God highly exalted him that at the name of Jesus, every knee would bow, every tongue would confess. Jesus is on the throne. Now let's talk about you. You become nothing. You become nothing to the point of death. You give yourself up. You give your life completely for the gospel, for God's glory. And then God will highly exalt you so that you share in what Jesus has for the rest of eternity. That's the plan. That's the plan. But if you're not willing to understand God's plan, you'll never reach God's potential for you. That's what we're all about. That's what we're talking about. This is no success uh, stories and success principles in this life. Let me make that clear. We're not talking about how you can be amazing and, and problem free, free in this life. We're talking about what God wants from this life for you. All right. Are you with me? We're going to read Philippians chapter 2 verses 12 through to verse 18. Philippians chapter 2 verses 12 through verse 18. Now if you've got a Bible with you, that's where we are at. If you don't have a Bible, somebody near you will have a Bible. So please share your Bible. Last resort, you can look on the screen. Are you there? Philippians chapter 2. We're learning the books of the Bible. Genesis. Exodus. Philippians. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence. Continue to work out your salvation in fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good pleasure. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good pleasure. Verse 14, do everything without complaining or arguing. So that you may become blameless and pure, children of God, without fault, in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe as you hold out the word of life. In order that I may boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor for nothing. But even if I'm poured out, if I'm being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice. There's your joy. There's your joy. Wonderful. How do we achieve our potential? Be perfect, therefore, just as your heavenly Father is perfect. Three ways from this passage of scripture and we're done. Number one, potential is reached when I work out. When I work out. Because God has given you the gift of his spirit, his character, his nature. He's birthed it in you at the point of your acceptance of Christ. At the point of your, uh, your repentance, at the point of your recognition of his lordship, he gave you the gift of his spirit right within you and he's right there inside you. He's given you the word that you are taking inside you. So what's inside you has to be worked out. It has to be worked out. Potential is reached when I work out. Therefore, my dear, brother, dear friends, as you have always obeyed, the first thing you do, the first way you you work out your salvation is obedience. Is obedience. Now does that sound familiar? What did Jesus do? He emptied 
obeyed. Emptied, obeyed. Emptying was about him. Obedience was about God. Empty was about not my way. Obedience was about completely his way. It's pretty simple. Okay? Same thing superimposes on you, your life and mine. Obedience, obedience, obedience. Human potential is always achieved in obedience to God's direction. Human potential is achieved in obedience and nowhere, nowhere else, no way else than in obedience to God is God's direction. Two things about obedience. It needs to be consistent and it needs to be mature. Dear friends, just as you have always obeyed, just as you have always obeyed, as you've stayed on track, as you've kept obeying God, because obedience is not, is, there's no point to obedience if there is, it's not on track. If you're going to reach your potential, if you're going to reach the destination of where God would have you go, the fullness of God, of, of God in you, His character, everything, if you're going to, you've got to be consistently obedient. Let me illustrate. To be obedient is to be on track with God's will for your life. If you want to go to Trivandrum, you get on track, and then you're off track, and then you're on track, and then you're off track, and then you're on track. Oh, this was a bad year. Oh, this was a good year. This was a bad year. This was a good day. And you keep doing that. You're not getting to Trivandrum. You're getting to Batinda before you get to Trivandrum. Do you get my point? If you want to get to the destination, you've got to stay on track. So God is not in the, in, in, the, in the ministry of constantly pulling you back onto track, constantly pulling you back on track. If you keep going off track, sooner or later he'll be like, you stay off. You, are the, you and I have to make that sacrifice, that sacrifice to the self and say, I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to be obedient. Not just consistent, not just consistent, but mature obedience. What is mature obedience? When are you a mature person? Here's when. That not only in my presence were you obedient, Paul says to the Philippians, but much more in my absence. That's the sign. When you're obedient in the places of your heart, in the crevices of your being, when you're obedient to God, where people cannot see and where you have not been noticed, and you will not get noticed. When you say yes to God in that inner place, in that inner life of yours, that's when you're really, really being mature. That's mature obedience. We grow our children and we tell our children, you know, daddy's coming home. Daddy's watching. Or mom is coming home. What well, the teacher's coming. The teacher's coming. The principal can see. He can see his watch. We're, we're, we're so ingrained and trained to obey only when we are being watched. In Delhi, if you drive, In Delhi, police don't look for you. You look for the police. And one eye is on the side of the road looking for blue and white. And the moment you see that, you adopt a different value system. And for the next 500 meters, you are driving according to that value system. And when the problem has passed, you have defaulted back to the old value system. It is only because you are being seen. Red light is only a suggestion. It's just a great suggestion. But what really counts is, is the cop looking or not. And now they're hiding behind trees. Hmm. 
They're hiding behind cars. They're doing all sorts of stuff to jump out and boo. What's the point of that kind of obedience? It's not ingrained. It's not coming from your inside, from your character, from your desire to be obedient no matter what. And if you live with that mode of thinking, if you live with that operating software, then you're never going to achieve God's potential because that obedience needs to be mature. Are people watching? Are people not watching? God is watching, not watching. I will obey. Not only in my presence, but also much more in my absence, you have been obedient. The second thing that will get you to work out your salvation is your attitude. And that's intensity. The second word is intensity. He says, work it out with fear and trembling. With fear and trembling. Why? Because God is a scary God? No, but he is to be feared above all gods. He is to be feared above all gods. God is not a scary God, but he is a fear fear-worthy God. He's a God who is so awesome, so amazing, that you remember, you tremble and you remember that you are a five-foot-something flesh-and-blood human being standing before the everlasting God who spoke the worlds and stars into existence by the word of his mouth. That in his thought he must think that you should cease to exist and you would. That in his thought he should think that you should come into existence and you did. That kind of an awesome God who just by his thoughts and his words rules the universe needs to put some sort of an attitude of reverence and fearful trembling. You're not recognizing just that you are big. You're recognizing that God is much much bigger. Take the first word obedience. The second word intensity. Mix that with the third word energy energy. What God is doing in you to get you to your potential, to get you to where he wants you to be, to fill you in his likeness, to make you like his son, the Lord Jesus, which is his will. He is the one who is doing this in you. It is not your work. If it were your work, this would be a religion. But this is a relationship. Religion is saying, I, I must behave in such a way. But spiritual life is depending on his spirit to make it happen in you. The, it's good news. It's good news. The third word is energy. It's good news. God is the one who is at work. Please read with me verse 13. For it is God who works in you to will, circle that, and to act, circle that, according to his good purpose or good pleasure. Two things God is doing in you. He's giving you the will and he's giving you the ability. <laughs> You've got to admit that you don't even have the will. I, I, I don't even have the desire to obey God most of the time. There are some vague moments when I've, on a good day, when I feel like obeying God, feel like being right, feel like... But for the most part, the, my lust of the flesh says, just succeed at any cost to anyone. Just get ahead of the game, look good, get on top of things, ensure that nobody can stand between you and success. That's what lust of the flesh really is. And most of the day, most of my week, I'm driven towards what my flesh is in. But to be spiritual, to be spiritual, I must first have the very desire to want God's will and then the ability to make it happen. And both God gives. He is at work in you to will and to act. To will and to act. 
That work, the word work, is translated in the from the original, it comes from the word uh, ergon, ergon, from which we get the English word energy. The power that is working within you. Most of the time you and I are like, I want, you know, I want to reach my potential, but I don't have the, the get up and go. You know, when your get up and go has got up and gone. I don't have the will from within. Good, fine, good. At least you've come to that realization. Now will you cooperate with him so that he gives you that will. He gives you the will and then he gives you the power to actually enable you to do it. I love that. I love the fact that I'm not on my own. I love the fact that the potential that God wants me to reach, he is not left to me to reach. I'm not going to stand before God and, 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 and he got that you know, disappointed look on his face like many fathers or mothers or aunties or maths teachers mostly maths teachers he doesn't, he's not going to have that look on his face again how many years again he's not going to have that look because he's the one who's going to pull it off that's why Paul is able to say about the Philippians I want to I want to give my whole life to this because it's worth it. On that day, I'm going to know that my labor is not in vain and I want to boast in you. I want to boast in you. Paul's saying it already about the Philippians. Are you with me? So this work that God is doing, he's doing in you. It's him who's doing it and he's doing it in you. He's at work. He's at work. Even if you don't know Jesus personally, you're here today because he wants to start with you today. He wants to start with you. Three words, obedience, intensity and energy fantastic that's great so potential is reached when I work out potential is reached number two when I don't work up when I don't get worked up when I don't get worked up this has to do with character this has to do with how I handle life go with me to verse 14 do everything without say it complaining or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe as you hold out the word of life. Hmm. Let's look at the end product, okay? The potential reached. The potential reached is you will be blameless and pure children of God shining like stars. You're going to eventually look like God, which is in your character, in your nature. You're going to look like him. And number two, you're going to shine like him as you hold out the word of truth. As you hold out the, the, the message, as you hold out the word of God. You're going to accomplish this. But the question is, how do I get there? How do I accomplish this? Go back to the first verse, verse 14. Do everything. It's very simple. This is how you do it. This is how you allow God to get you to a place where you're blameless and pure. Children of God, shining like stars. Simple. Two things. Number one, do not complain. PowerPoint, help us out. Do not complain and do not... Simple. Not just don't complain and don't argue. Like put duct tape on your mouth and never say anything. We're saying do everything without ah do everything be proactive get on it make plans move work hard work hard but do it without complaining or arguing what is complaining what does arguing mean complaining is when i don't get my way i didn't get my way 
So you're whining about how you didn't get your way. It didn't happen for you. It's not working out for you. And arguing is when you're saying, I will get my way. I am going to get I, I, I'm going to get it. I'm going to make it happen. This is what I want. Whether this way or that way, complaining or arguing, don't do anything with those two things. Do everything without complaining, without arguing. Why? Because when you complain, I didn't get my way, or when you argue, I will have my way, my, 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 does that sound familiar? My, my, my. Death hasn't happened. The dying to the self hasn't happened. The big my is still there on the throne. And that reflects back to verse 5 through to verse 11, talking about how Jesus emptied himself. It all comes back to that. Verse 5, have this mind which is yours in Christ. That's the correct translation. Not the same as Christ, but the mind of Christ which is yours in Christ. You stay in fellowship with him, his mind will be given to you. It will be yours. It will be yours to think. So you're saying, should I think with my mind or should I think with Christ's mind? And if I think with Christ's mind, then I'm willing to do everything without complaining and arguing. When you complain and argue, you're basically saying that the Father in heaven is not in control of things. You're saying that my will is more important than his will. You're saying that I'm upset that I'm not in control. When you complain or you argue, that's what you're saying to yourself and to everybody else around you. But when you truly believe that God is to be glorified and that he is in control, then you will do everything without complaining or arguing. Why? Because either way, even if God calls me to die to myself completely, he will still be glorified. Verse 11. Jesus enthroned that every knee should bow to the glory of God the Father. To the glory of God the Father. That God is so powerful and so omnipotent that no matter what happens in my life, he will still be glorified through my life. That sets me free from a complaining mood or a arguing mood. And I let God take control and allow God to work through me. That's how I get to my potential. I don't get worked up. I don't get worked up. I let God do his work in me. Your attitude should be as Christ. Number three, potential is reached when I work hard. Potential is reached when I work hard. So as you get to verse uh, 16, he says, As you hold out the word of life, you will be shining stars. You're not the one who's shining. It's the word of God that is shining. As you hold out the word of God, you will be shining. That's the torch in this dark universe. That's the torch in this dark universe. And you will be like him and you will be for him. In order that I may boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor, work in vain or for nothing. Paul is sure that his work of labor for you will result in your service and sacrifice for your coming from your faith. It will result in your service and sacrifice coming from your faith. And if that is the end product of my hard work, I will labor. I will labor. Why is it that hard work saps us from joy? Saps joy from us? Why is it that hard work saps joy from us? Why is it that we can't work hard and be happy? Have you thought about it? And the answer is simple. Work hard is fine. Hard labor is fine. As long as the outcome, you know where you're investing, 
you know what you're doing you know what the outcome of this hard work is going to be you know that it's going to count for something you don't you're not you're sure that at the end somebody else is not going to steal the credit somebody else is not going to just steal your salary steal the outcome steal the success somebody's not going to it's not going to amount to nothing when you can be sure that this is what it's going to uh, guarantee this is what is going to end up then you can work hard and you can work hard with joy every hurdle every opposition every disappointment you will not see as happening to you but you will see that as god giving opportunity to show his glory to show his strength you will see it that way because hard work is going to pay off in the end. He says, if that's the case, look at the next verse, verse eight, 17. I am willing to be poured out like a drink offering. If that's the case, if this is going to be result in you reaching your potential, Paul says to the Philippines, I'm willing to be poured out like a drink offering. Take me like a drink and pour me out. And that's what this is all about. It's about how you spend your life. In fact, the word poured out, is translated from the Greek word spendos, from which you get the English word spend. To be spent, to be spent. If I'm spent, my life is spent in you reaching your potential, I will rejoice. I will find joy in my hard work. So you've got to ask the question. Every one of you is working hard. No doubt about it. Every one of you has your weak chock-a-block and your shoulders are laden with responsibilities. Every one of you is spending your life. But for what? For what? Success can be so deceptive. It can make you think you're doing great. But hard work is only joyful when you know and are guaranteed that the outcome is going to be God's will done. This is where I must end. I must ask you, are you trying to earn your life? You're working in such a way that you want to get to a place where you say, I deserve this life that I live. The quality, the quantity, I deserve this. Or are you saving your life? Everything is secured and everything is insured and everything. Are you saving your life at the end of which you can't even take it across the border with you? Or are you doing what Paul did? And that is spending. Are you spending your life? A life is a gift of time and resources and talents and energy and purposes. This is resource in your hand that you have to ask the question wisely with every step of every day with the master, with your tutor, your life coach with you, God Almighty. You ask, how do I spend today? How do I spend this week? How do I spend my life? He will give you a life plan which is broken up into a yearly plan, which is broken up into a day plan so that you know for certain that if you are dying today, you're still on the right track to a fulfilled life. Did you get that? Did you get that? I'm going to repeat it slowly. He will give you a plan for your whole life so that you can live in the light of the plan for your whole life. So that even if you die today, you were in his plan for your life. And that's success. Because success is not at the end. It's where you're at. It's who you are. It's who God has called you to be and are you being everything that God has called you to be? Are you living for that and leave the potential and the end of the, the journey, the outcome to God? You have to ask that, that question to yourself. 
you must be, take this question seriously because the bulk of you, the majority of you have the majority of your life ahead of you. I was early in my life when I was 17, then when I was 19. When I was 19, I took a trip to Shimla to a friend's house. I sat on the porch outside that overlooked the mountains. It was very beautiful. I was 19 and I was asking God, Lord, I'm on my way to college, uh, to Bible college at the time. How do you want me to spend my life? It's great to have your plans and put your plans before the Lord. That's great. I had some great plans. I'm not doing any of that right now. Nothing. And I won't even tell you the plans because this is no point. But God has such incredible plans to build your potential which you yourself didn't have. And 24 years have passed since that day. And as I asked God that day, Lord, for three days I just begged him and I begged him and I read the word and I was reading another book to help my thought processes and I was like, how do you want me to spend my life? And he tells you because he wants, he wants. This is different. This is not live a better life, maximize your life, be a better you. Don't be a better you. Nobody wants a better you. We want Jesus. And if you believe that, you're in the right church. We want Jesus. God wants Jesus in you, the hope of glory. God wants you to be filled with the fullness of God. And Jesus is the, God, is the, is, is the embodiment of the fullness of God. He wants you to look like Him, feel like Him, act like Him, think like Him. And experience His death in order that you may experience His glory. So to reach your full potential... You need to work out, don't get worked up, and work hard. But most importantly, you need to find yourself at the feet of God, asking Him this question with the Word of God open in your hand. How do you want me to spend my life? Hi, I'm Jeremy Dawson, and if you liked what you just saw, if it was a blessing, then hit the subscribe button. Come on, you can do it. Hit the subscribe button, uh, hit the bell so that we know you want to hear from us. Lots of videos coming your way, songs, worship, encouragement. Come on, subscribe. Let's take this forward and share with somebody you might know. Write a comment in the section below. But let's see you guys again. Come on, subscribe. <laughs>